All right, that's recording. Quick word from the sponsors. FIFO, what really happens after the plane takes off. And FIFO 2, how a drug dealer became a FIFO worker. Both available at Aaron Weston Author on Children. No, Aaron Weston Author on Facebook. And also, if you're on the TikTok, just go to the bio under the Aaron White Show. There's a little store button there. Click on that. You can order the books about the dodgy stuff that happens in the FIFO industry. And that's actually really funny. If you watch the, um, if you read that book, don't tell mum I work on the oil rigs. She thinks I'm a piano player. It's kind of like that, but way funnier and more FIFO related. It's actually a really funny book. You'll love that one. And for the kids under Children's Books by Aaron White on Facebook, you got Australian Surf Lifesavers, Australian Firefighters, Australian Paramedics, Mining Machines Coloring In Book, Australian Defence Force Machines, Australian Police Vehicles, Australian Mining Machines, all available at Children's Books by Aaron White under Facebook. All right, let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aaron White Show. Today, I have a fantastic guest, Archer Fan. Archer is a transgender man and a musician. Welcome to the show, Archer. Hey, thanks for having me. Sweet. And you've started moving on the YouTube. So, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, should be a good recording. It was frozen a bit before for the audience that don't have a clue what I'm going on about. Anyway, hey, today, I just want to hear your story, like how and where you grew up and your life changing events and how you ended up doing what you're doing today. Yeah. So, um, I grew up in a small town called Carnarvon. So that's like way up north, about uh, 900 kilometers north of Perth. Um, I was there for most of my life. I moved to Perth when I was 18. So growing up in a small country town and being different, that was quite a big challenge. And so I kind of had to hide myself from a very, very young age. Um, from the age of about five, I had no idea that I was any different to my dad because I didn't know there was a difference between women and men or anything like that. And so I remember when I was five years old, my mum was like, you're not a boy, put a shirt on. We got guests, guests over. And that kind of shocked me. And I was like, well, I didn't really understand it at the time. And as I got older and I kind of just let it go, and I just remember mum saying, you're a girl. And I was very confused. And then when I went to uh, school, I actually went to a Catholic school. And so it was very, very different. I kind of had to put on a face and pretend to be what my twin sister was like. So that was even harder having a twin sister who is the image of what a girl should be and wanted the Barbies and wanted to wear the dresses and all that kind of stuff. So I always felt that I was different. And even when I went to school, I felt like I didn't fit in with the rest of the students. I just felt like I was always on the outside looking in. And um, so then when I got older and I realized that I was attracted to women, I hid it all. I was like, no, this is not me. Um, I can't, you know, uh, no, uh, this is just like, you know, just hit it really deep down inside. And, you know, people would ask, oh, who's your celebrity crush and all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't say it because I didn't have one. And um, I didn't want everybody to know that, oh, you know, I do find women attractive. Um, and so, uh, and the more that I realized that, I liked women. I thought that I was a lesbian and I put on a lot of weight because I ate my feelings. And so the 11 and 12 was when I realized, yeah, I'm definitely not straight. Um, I like women. Um, and I was presenting as female at the time. And for me, it was uh, really hard. So I literally just ate, ate, ate my feelings until the point where I saw an image and I was like, Oh, wow, I got to do something about that. And I lost all the weight again. And, um, yeah, it was really hard. I just always felt like I was hiding a part of myself until I went to university and I realized, hey, actually, it's okay to like women and, you know, be a woman and that kind of stuff. And I found a bigger group of people because in Carnarvon, love them, but they're very small minded. 
um, it's, you know, it's a small country town. You're not very open to a lot of things. And in the whole town, there was only one lesbian couple and they did get a little hate behind their back. And having friends that I knew um, talk about them and make jokes about them when I was feeling like I was attracted to women was quite hard. And so I just always had to put on a face. Um, and that's why I did turn to like drama. And I loved drama because I was able to put on a mask and be who I actually wanted to be. And when I was in drama, I never played a female role. I always played a male role because I felt like it was my chance to play with gender and experiment and that kind of stuff. And um, I was happy. I, I was happy-ish. I always felt like there was something different. And I always felt like there was something still missing. And so once I was at university, I came out as a lesbian, but I still didn't feel like that fit me exactly. And um, I actually didn't realize there was anything like transgender. Like I heard that, you know, you have um, transgender women, but I didn't really think about, you know, oh, men can be transgender as well because they always had the term tranny and it always kind of referred to females. And that's what I grew up knowing. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's interesting. And it was when I was on um, Instagram and I started posting on there, someone actually hashtagged one of my photos with hashtag FTM. And I was like, what's that? And so I started looking it up and that stands for like female to male. And I was like, oh, this is quite interesting. And I found out there was a lot of people who were FDM out there and I had no idea. And so I started going down this, this route and trying to work out um, who I was again. So it was kind of weird. It was like, I felt like I came out as a lesbian when I was like 18, 19. And I was like, oh crap, am I going to have to do this all again? Because I was trying to figure out who I was for a second time. And so, yeah, then I started playing around I was like oh maybe I'm not and then I started playing around with the non-binary um because I was like oh let's see if this works and if this fits and so um I'm also a high school teacher as well as musician and my first school I was um I came out as non-binary to the students and that's why I go by mix um not mister or anything like that so it's mx and um the kids were amazing they were so accept upset um accepting but again still there's something that wasn't Quite, quite right there was still a hole that was missing I still felt like um that I yeah that I wasn't whole and then I started talking to a psych and at the time I was actually with um my ex who was very against the idea of me transitioning I basically said look um this is who I think I am I would like to start going to see a psych and having a chat about it and they were basically like if you do that I'm not attracted to men we're over and that was kind of like oh okay um and it felt like they were trying to manipulate me to not do it. And then so behind their back, and I felt like I was doing things in secret again, I went to go see a psych and talk to them and, and that kind of stuff and started my journey. And I realized that I was, um, yeah, I got the diagnosis of gender dysphoria. And um, then, then I was able to start hormones and start this journey. And that was um, just over two and a half years ago, I think roughly when I started talking to a psych and going through all that kind of thing as well. So um, yeah, that's where I am today. And also being like a musician, I like to talk about my journey and talking about how my voice and how it's changing. Because when I started, I could not find anything about what happens to your voice um, singing wise once you start transitioning. And one thing that has always been a constant in my life is music. And I was scared to lose that. I didn't want to lose my ability to sing. And so I, there was nothing about it. And so I wanted to show an audience out there, like, this is what happens. There's good days. There's bad days. Um, and this is how my voice sounds now. And this is how it's going to sound. And I'm going to continue recording just to show how it sh changes as my journey keeps going as well. And then being a teacher, I love being that open and out teacher and being just 
to the students, hey, I'm trans, I'm here, I'm normal, we exist. Um, so, which I didn't have when I was a student. So one of my mottos as a teacher is to be the, the teacher that I needed when I was younger. And so I just like being that person, be like, this is me. I'm not, you know, this uh, mentally, uh, you know, there's like so many different p- th- things that people say, like we're mentally disturbed or there's mental illness or something wrong with us. Uh, when it's actually, you no, know, we're normal, we're here. Um, and I'm just like everybody else. I was just born in the wrong body and I'm doing things to change that. So, yeah. So you've said that the kids have taken it really well at the high school. How have the parents? Yeah. Um, at my first school, I had a bit of an issue. Um, my first school was a lower socioeconomic ish, um, school. And I did have one of the parents who did question and trying to call me and said, we need to have a chat about this because I don't understand it. And you're telling the students that you're um, non-binary and gender fluid and I don't understand. I'm like, that's fine. We can have a chat and conversation. And um, I ended up having a call and they were uh, um, 100% okay with it afterwards. Um, but it's, yeah, I haven't had too many issues from the parents. That was literally my only issue. But yeah, the kids have been absolutely amazing. So it definitely makes it a lot easier. Did you ever date a guy? Like, did you ever no. try that? No, you, did, you knew it. No. even waste your time. I knew it. I was, yeah, well, I was just, I was never saw a guy as, I was never just sexually attracted to him or anything like that. So I was just like, yeah, I always knew that I liked women. And when I was younger, I always thought that I was a lesbian. And then as I got older, I realized that that wasn't the case. And that, you know, oh, it's more. So then it's kind of weird because being a trans man, technically I'm straight. But then it doesn't feel like that because I've gone through this whole journey. So it's, it's really um, interesting when people say, oh, what's your, um, you know, sexuality? And, that, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm a trans man who likes women because it's kind of weird. I feel, feel like I feel fit into a different box. Can you tell me the process? So, so before you can do the testosterone and stuff, do you have mm-hmm. to see a psychologist and then they give you a referral or how does this process there's a whole, work? There's a whole different process. Um, so it's changed a bit. So I know there's some doctors who will do um, kind of a consent and they, were, they will do this, uh, which will put you straight onto hormones and that kind of stuff. But when I first started doing it, there wasn't many who te- uh, many um, doctors who would do the consent. Um, so for me, uh, I actually wanted to get top surgery before I wanted anything else. So I went to a doctor and I said, look, this is what I want. And um, that was a very... Uh, it wasn't a nice experience for me because I kept telling the, the doctor, this is what it's called. Um, it's, it's top surgery. It's called like, you know, um, uh, there's some certain doctors in Perth and surgeons who do in Perth. And I was like, these are lists of the doctors. I just need a referral. And she kept saying, oh, you want to get well, breast reduction, breast reduction, breast reduction. I was like, look, it's really not helping me by you saying that. Can you, you know, can we say top surgery? Cause they're going to understand that and that kind of thing. And she was just very negative towards the whole thing. And because at the time I was still presenting as female, it was like, she didn't believe me. And so that was a, that was, I kind of put that to the side for several years because I felt uncomfortable from that one doctor's interaction. Um, then to be able to go on hormones and that kind of stuff, I went to a doctor because firstly I had to be put onto a mental health plan. So therefore my um, psych, psychi- psychologist um, appointments could be, um, uh, yeah, so that I'd get them cheaper. So I went to a psychologist first and um, she was happy to give me the diagnosis of gender dysphoria. Then I went to an endocrinologist who actually um, administers my, uh, well, gives me the script for the, the testosterone. So I went to her and for her to be able to allow me to start hormones, I then had to go see a psychiatrist. So it's like it's jumping through lots of different hoops and it's, they don't make it easy. It is a little bit easier than when I started. 
Um, but yeah, then I had to go to a psychiatrist and I had to do three appointments with her, two where it was just me. And then one, I actually had to get my parents in because she wanted to them to kind of back up my story, which for me, I felt was kind of a bit condescending, but I was like, I'm just going to get, get it done. Um, she also made me write an essay about um, if I knew all the pros and the cons and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, they just, she just want to make sure that my parents backed up my story and that I wasn't like lying about anything, which I, you know, for me, I was like, I was taken aback by that. I was like, I'm, I'm here, I'm telling you all it is. But then, you know, my parents have been absolutely amazing and supportive and they were, they came, so they live in Carnarvon still, they came down and they came and saw her and did the, um, the that, that session with her as well. So then after that, I got the gender dysphoria diagnosis from her and then I was able to go back to my endocrinologist. I got the script and then I can get the, um, the full testosterone administered at any clinic who will, who will do it. So any nurse um, and some people administer it by themselves with that as well. I do need to get my um, blood tests checked every three months just to make sure that the levels are correct and that kind of stuff. And it'll be something that I'm on for the rest of my life. So how do you feel when you start getting on the tests? Um, so it does some weird stuff with your hormones. Um, I felt amazing. I was like, this is the start. This is the start of the journey that I've been waiting for. And it just felt so good. And, um, but then I, there was a real load real quickly because my hormones were all over the place and I was getting agitated a lot easier. Um, but not like some people think you go like roid and like angry and like, that's not what happened. It was just, I was getting um, like frustrated a little bit more. So like, I remember stubbing my toe in the first month and it was the worst thing I'd ever happened. I was so mad and I was like, I don't get it. And it wasn't the testosterone. And I like to uh, preface that because some people, it's just the hormones because your hormones going up and down and, and leveling out. And because your first um, three doses, they need to be um, once a month uh, to just make sure that you'll, you, you, they get the kind of level up high. And then we go down and we make sure that it's all level. Um, and during that time, I couldn't sing at all for the first six weeks. I sounded horrendous. It's like, you know, when a teenage boy's voice drops for the first time and I was talking in front of class and my voice was breaking and it was just, it was not nice. And I, I had a, uh, a greater respect for those year seven and eight boys who put their hand up and talk and they all the, the, you know, they're breaking and they're like, I'm like, don't be embarrassed. It's happened to me too. Uh, so it was, it was definitely a different experience, but I was very scared that I wasn't going to be able to sing again because for the first, um, yeah, six weeks, I sounded like I was strangling a chicken. That's the only thing I can explain. I couldn't hold a note. I couldn't control anything. And it was horrendous. And also um, I had a lot of, um, cause, cause obviously I, I used to, be overweight my face um, shape started changing and I started getting um, round along the face and that was doing a lot with my mental health because I was like no like I, I did a lot of work to make sure that I wasn't overweight anymore fit a healthy exercise and for me the mental game was more more hard it's definitely a lot harder but then I started to see the jaw changes and I started to see that and it did start to get better um, but what they don't tell you is like you know it, your jaw actually physically hurts like I found like when the, all the kind of distribution of the fat and the thing, it actually like ached for like the first few months. And, but uh, you know, it was, it's all like, you know, no pain, no gain. And it, it's got me to where I am now. And I'm really, really happy with how I'm going, how I'm looking and yeah. But yeah, the first, the first few months was happy, but it was also a lot of stuff mentally that I had to go through. And did you end up getting the top surgery? Yeah, I did. So um, I had my top, first top surgery because I had to have a revision. So I had my first top surgery in July last year. Um, so we did one that's called um, uh, hemi areola. So what they do there is they only um, 
take out like are they scar on the bottom of the nipple so you don't have to have the massive bilateral scars that you usually see that trans guys have so we tried that but because you know we said with my age and that kind of stuff being older and my skin elasticity we weren't sure if it was going to bounce back and unfortunately i had a lot of swelling and um the extra swelling and blood that had to be drained and then because of that i had a lot of excess skin so then i wasn't happy with it and my surgeon he's an amazing surgeon and all the trans guys go to him in perth um if but yeah, he said, look, we could wait, we could wait another year. And, you know, if you work your pecs, it's going to go back and, you know, you will see that it is going to flatten a little bit. But for me, it, I had a lot of issues, especially because um, being a teacher, people take photos like around the class and that, and that kind of stuff. And I remember, because um, I do photography is one of the subjects that I do teach, uh, a student took a photo and the lighting just hit me wrong and you could see all of the, the, the skin. And for me, I was like, oh, that it, it just... You know, being that image in front of the classroom as well, it, it you always think about, you know, what you wear, how you present yourself. And so for me, I was like, I need to have that second surgery. So I've just had that in July 13th because I got pulled back because of COVID, which was supposed to be early June. And so now I'm five weeks post-op and then, yeah, then I'll be able to start working out again in another week. So I've had the, um, the second one, we actually did the massive scars and we did what's called nipple grafts so where they place the nipple a little bit higher and that kind of stuff to give it a more masculine looking chest. What size were you beforehand? I was only a, a B, so it wasn't massive, but because um, I was overweight and then I lost weight, there was already a lot of skin. So that had a, a lot of issues because I had a lot of um, stretch marks from being overweight and then losing all that weight. So even though I was only a B and that's usually okay to have the hemi areola, hemi areola but because I was overweight, unfortunately, that played around with my results. Sweet. So what you got now is a flash chest yeah. with scars yeah. under there and then you got a scar yeah. leading up to your nipple because you got your nipple put up. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So with it, there's actually no scar up to the nipple. So what they've done is it's kind of like they've just placed them on top. So the scars go along. So down here and across and then the nipples are just placed on top so it's like a nipple graph on top so it actually doesn't like like yeah there's no scar up to the nipple just underneath so if you it, you know if anybody's watching and they want to look up you just look up top surgery on instagram and you'll see um similar results sweet and you don't have to ask answer this if you want to have you done down below or are you going to do that or no that's not something that I'm going to do. Um, for yep. some trans guys, that causes a lot of dysphoria. For me, I'm, I'm okay with it. And the results that I've seen is not, um, I'm not happy with the, what I've seen for me to want to go down that route. Yeah. Apparently it's quite expensive as well. Very expensive. I, so. I know that some, uh, yeah, I think some trans guys pay up to $50,000 and upwards for, for the bottom where my top surgery was only 5,500 for the actual surgery. And I think it was, um, 16, 1,650 for the anesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and with that, you do get a, a rebate back. And unfortunately I haven't been able to change my gender marker yet because with top surgery, I needed to keep my female gender marker to get more back on Medicare yeah. because otherwise it becomes under cosmetic. If you have a male gender marker and you don't get as much back. So uh, they're able to put it down as a breast reduction, um, if you do that. So any trans guys who are listening, if, think about that because um, even though you want to rush and get all your male gender markers, you are going to get less back if you are going to get top surgery later on. That's a different one for you. They probably haven't been asked. Because you are on all the tests, but you still got the female yeah. organs inside, can you still get pregnant if yes. you wanted to? 
if you wanted to, yes. And that's what they do tell. And that's what, when you do go to an endocrinologist, they say, if you are, if you have a male partner, being on testosterone does not mean you can't get pregnant. And there has been, if um, there's lots of articles and stuff where you see trans males have got pregnant because it's not a uh, birth control. Some people think, you know, um, if you're on hormones that it's not gonna, you know, you can't get pregnant and that's not the case. You can still get pregnant. It's like not as high, but you can still get pregnant. All right. How'd your parents go when you came out and said you, you're literally gonna start doing the testosterone and all the everything? Yeah. Um. So I told my mum first, and you know she was. I think she was expecting it, kind of thing. Yeah. So she was like, "Yep, yep, fully understand." Um. Because you know, as soon as I came out, I didn't wear any female clothes. I shopped in the male section. Always had my hair cut short. And so you know, for her, it wasn't a massive thing. She had a bigger um, harder time when I came out as a lesbian than when I came out as trans. So yes. for, for her, she was like, okay, as long as you're happy. And I even, so my middle name is my previous name that I went by. So my, my middle name's Anique because that's the name that she gave me. And so I asked her, I was like, um, when I was choosing my middle name, I said, this is my name that I want to go by. I want to go by Archer and Archie, but I want your input for my middle name. Would you like it to be the name that you're going to uh, give me if I was a boy or would you like it to be Anique? And she said, could you please be, um, I have it as Anique because that's the name I gave you. So she's been really great. Uh, my first top surgery as well, she was down and she looked after me and um, took care of me, you know, everything that I needed. So she's been absolutely great. Dad, he's, um, he's Vietnamese and he's very chill. He's like, yeah, cool. Do whatever you want. And then um, <laughs> I remember the first time he'd had a few drinks because he, he works FIFO as well. And he came back and um, he was like, oh yeah so i call you son now and i'm like yeah and he's like yeah okay and then he was like you know he's a half a bottle of hennessy down and he's like okay i'm going to bed now love you son and that was like that was pretty much it you know he wasn't like um it wasn't a big issue for him and so that you know i'm, I'm really lucky to have the support that i do have what about your sister your twin yeah she's been she's like yeah cool do what you want like she's like yeah i love you no matter what so and then i have a younger sister who said the same so my whole family's been like yeah you know love you no matter what you know as long as you're happy that's all that we care about did your twin know the whole time did you like uh no like she, she huh? yeah she, oh, no, she had like she was, yeah no twin twin didn't know she was like she was just like okay yeah cool like she didn't really think about it and because she lives in singapore at the moment so she was hasn't been around for all of it so she didn't really um, wasn't a massive part of it but she's like yeah cool whatever like she just like I, I think she for her it was more the coming out before I think for everyone that was kind of the big shock yeah. and, and I'm like I, how like I used to wear boys clothes I, there's even a picture of me during book week wearing a massive suit when I was like nine like how did you not know like all the signs are there so uh yeah for them I think yeah they were just like okay cool like as long as you're happy and safe that's all we care about oh, sweet ass um might transition on to your music what are you write about what's your yeah. music about um so I used to write about um, just relationships because that's what everybody wrote about. And I was like, yeah, but it wasn't very, very meaningful. And then now I've started to tell more stories and that kind of stuff. So I did write, it's funny. So one of the songs I did write was, um, it's called Are You Ashamed? And it was actually a letter to my parents when I was too scared to transition. And it was basically saying, it was a letter to them and saying, if I transition, will you still love me? You know, that, that kind of stuff. And then and that was 
it kind of led the way for a bit more storytelling and and um, a couple more songs about me and my transition. And now I'm going back and I'm looking at it, old songs. I'm actually rewriting the lyrics and seeing how they fit now that I've transitioned because I used to write from a female point of view. So that's what I'm going to be doing over the next um, year or so and hopefully re uh, releasing an EP about like, um, so I'm, I'm just working on a song right now called Stranger in the Mirror. And back then it was about a relationship about and that kind of stuff. So now I'm singing it. And it, it hits differently. So it's quite interesting um, looking at old, old lyrics and that kind of stuff. But for me, um, I just, it basically anything that I feel at the time, but I like to go into the story element a bit more lately. And I'm experimenting with different sounds. And obviously having my voice lower, a lot of my songs don't, I can't sing anymore. So it's been really, really interesting because I've had to drop them, you know, two tones down and it's just been uh, it's a, been a great journey, but it's also been interesting. And that's why I do a lot of the, the covers that I do do where I, I've been singing my old self. So I've got a whole bunch of um, old recordings, specifically Disney, because I've always loved Disney and like the magic of it all and that kind of stuff. And I've started to, um, yeah, so one year, two year, that kind of stuff, record old covers as well, just to have that, that journey side of things. Do you perform? Like, do you go to clubs and stuff? Or is it all on Spotify or something? Or what do you do? Uh, it's on it's on Spotify. I used to do a lot of busking and markets and that kind of stuff. I used to be in a punk rock band as well. And we used to perform, but as soon as I said, I was um, transitioning, I quit the band because I knew it was going to be hard. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to sing. And every time learning a song, having to drop it was really, really frustrating. And then when I started, I was like, all right, I'm going to do the solo thing. Cause I miss performing. I miss going out and just um, doing performance. I, you know, I used to do open mic nights and that kind of stuff. But in the last year, I kind of stopped it all because I was very frustrated because I'd learn all these songs and it could be two weeks, three weeks down and I couldn't sing them in the same key anymore. So I was constantly redoing the, um, the chords, relearning uh, everything in a different key. And I got really, really frustrated. So I'm taking a break until my voice settles a bit more, uh, which could be two, three, four, who knows. And I'm just doing a less, um, gigging so at next month I'm just gonna do a little busking in um, Belmont Shopping Centre and that kind of stuff but I'm not doing the the bigger gigs anymore just because my voice is so unpredictable and even though I love my voice and, and what I'm doing with it and the, the different changes it does get really frustrating when you learn two three hours worth of songs and then you can't sing them anymore so unfortunately it's all on Spotify Spotify I do some stuff on Instagram um, I'm going to start doing a bit more on TikTok with some old videos and um, doing that and showing the journey side rather than actually performing. I do miss it, but unfortunately my voice just isn't, it just can't hack it. it I can't sing as long as I used to or anything like that. And being a teacher as well and talking the whole time, it does uh, impact on my ability to sing as much. Now, being a teacher, have you had any students that have come up that have been trans, gay, lesbian or anything like that and confined in you? Yeah, you know 100%. I mean. I, yeah, I get it all the time. So I, I tell the students straight away from the start, you know, uh, my name is Mix and this is why I'm mixed because I am trans. And um, knowing that I say, look, I don't I have a no tolerance for bullying, no tolerance for homophobia, no tolerance for racism, that kind of stuff. If you ever need to chat about any of those stuff, um, come to me. Also, because my dad being um, Asian and Vietnamese, I have seen him getting a bit of racism from um COVID and just being Asian looking so you know I have like a zero tolerance for that kind of stuff and so I do tell them to come have a chat with me and I do have students on the uh, regular weekly come and have a chat like hey I'm questioning my gender or I think I might be gay or and that kind of stuff and I always say look you can talk to me I can't give you any answers in the end of the end of the day it's you I can share my journey with you how I felt but I can't tell you how you feel I can give you the resources um go you know there's different um 
places in Perth, like the uh, Pride Network and that youth network and that and where they can go and chat. And I'll give them the links and I'll say that there's different meetups. Um, and, you know, that I, I just like being that safe person for them to come have a chat with. And I, um, when it's summer, I always wear like a, a rainbow bracelet so that they know that, you know, I'm a safe person to talk to. And um, a lot of people around the school, they do um, have like rainbow um, lanyards and stuff so that they know that kids can come and have a chat. And I, I like being that person that, uh, because of who I am and because I'm open and out there that they feel safe to come and have um, conversations with me. And then what I do a lot of the time is because they rather come to me than talk to the um, the chaplain and the school psych, then I'll pass on that information saying this student isn't comfortable just yet. This is how they're feeling when they're ready. They'll come have a chat. Um, and a lot of the time I'm the, I'm the middleman and I'll be like, would you like me to come with you to meet the, then I'll, yeah, yes, please do that. And so I just become that kind of safe um, kind of like stepping stone to the next part where they need to go and work out who they are. So yeah, which is good. And, um, you know, they're always coming up and they're, they're really happy and they love, and we had um, a lot of year sevens this year who were like, yeah, we're happy pride. Like everybody's happy. And um, during pride, they were handing out rainbow things. They're like, come celebrate with us, come hang in with us. And, and so that was really nice knowing that, you know, it's, it's changing and that being LGBT is a lot more acceptable when you don't have to hide it as much. And yeah, so it's, it's nice knowing that when I was in high school, I had to hide everything, but these kids don't. They're happy and they're like, this is who I am. I don't care what you think. And I really like that. Do you get a lot, because you're quite, you tell your story online and stuff. Do you get lots of yeah. people hit you up on Instagram and TikTok and stuff and ask your advice? Yeah, stuff? I, I do. Um, it was just quite interesting because I usually have people from different countries. I don't have as many here, uh, which I thought, you know, I'd have more um, Australian people hit me up in the, in the DMs and that kind of stuff saying, oh, this is how I feel. But actually, uh, most of them are from America, which I find really interesting because there's a lot of trans guys from America and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think they, they really like the fact that I do the journey through my voice. And the ones that do contact me are, are people who do sing. So I like giving them, like, well, this is what's happening. Here's my advice when you are singing. Do this, don't do this. Be prepared that this is going to happen and, and that kind of stuff. And so I do like that. And um, sometimes it does get a bit overwhelming and I have to step back because depending, like when I post the videos and stuff, that's when I tend to get a lot more messages and um, requests and DMs about the journey and like, hey, this is who I am and this is how I'm feeling. But I do really love it. And I love being that person to be able to give back to the community. And, and because I never had that person and I was too, because I was, you know, very unsure about it all. I was too scared to go out and ask someone on social media who was transitioning about their journey and how they felt. For me, I was like, oh, I can't do that. So I really like that, that they can come to me and have a chat and I can just be really open about the whole thing. And, and they really appreciate it as well. So it, it's really nice. Where do you want to be three to five years from now? If you do whatever you want. I would still like to do be in teaching somehow because I like being that kind of role, but I'd love to be out and talking to schools as well about being LGBT and being trans and, and um, just being more of that open kind of person for people to realize like, this is my journey. I'm very happy to share, um, uh, you know, come answer some questions and that kind of stuff. And I, I love doing the stuff with music. So I'd still want to be doing the music side. So I'd want to be doing teaching, um, talking at schools about my journey and uh, telling my story more through music and, and um, you know, being more uh, active. Because unfortunately with te teaching, it's trying to find the balance between being a teacher and finding that time to do the social media stuff and, and be online and that kind of stuff. So it's working out that balance to be able to spread my message further and uh, spread it to more people. And because and transgender people are still getting people still don't understand us, if that makes sense. Like they don't understand us. And I just want to show people without shoving things down their throat. This is me. I'm happy to 
have a chat with you. Let's, I want to um, not educate you, but I'll, uh, let's have a chat, chat with you um, and work out who I am. And I'm not scary and I'm not, um, you know, there's, I don't have a mental um, disability or illness. Like some people say, I'm just me and I'm open. And if you want to listen, let's have a chat and that kind of thing. Oh, sweet. And again, some good remarks on the TikTok as well. Saint 1107 just wrote a beautiful story. So that's good that Thank you. people are actually listening and, and enjoying the story. Thanks for that, Saint. Um, so the, is the community quite good, quite helpful? The, I can't even get the acronym L. I'm LGBTQI plus it keeps it keeps getting further and further yeah, um I'm gonna try <laughs> yes and no um there was actually a bit of issue um recently with there uh some people don't see trans people still as lesbians and so there was a a, a Facebook group where people were kind of hating on a trans guy for still being part of the group and he was like well I don't have that other part of the community and we are still a very very small part of the um you know, the LGBTQIA plus community and then trying to be, um, it's very divisive still sometimes, which is just really frustrating because, you know, it's, we're all in it together. We're all, you know, we all fight for equality and rights, but then you have other people in the community still trying to bring you down. And so that is really, really confusing. And it's usually the younger generations, which is interesting, um, who don't get the the fight that, um, some older LGBT people have been through. So for me, I, there's parts that are very accepting, very um, open and celebrating, but then still there's, there is a division, which is really, really frustrating. And uh, to be um, like, what's the word? Like just to be like pushed to the side by your own community, it is quite tough. And I remember this happened, I think early in the year and I felt really um, hurt by it because I, I forgot that I was part of the Facebook group, you know, when things come up and you forget. And I was like reading the comments and seeing the hate towards the trans community still from within the LGBT, that actually really hurt. So it's it's quite interesting. Like I still feel like there's still a long way to go. And um, that's why I want to be out and tell my story to whoever listened, because it's, why can't we just all love each other? Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Let's just like love first and let's not divide and separate and segregate everybody. Like, why can't we just, accept everybody for who they are so i guess that get, you know for me it, it's frustrating and, and it does hurt but yeah that's pretty awesome sorry we've still got another probably five minutes we can get away with yes yeah, so um anything you want to leave the audience with or let people know or anything yeah well um i just want to thank, say thanks to saint uh, 1107 thank you I, I want to share my story to everyone um and I don't think I'm brave. Like, it's funny when people tell me that I am brave. I'm just being me and I'm just sharing a story because I have a voice to be able to share my story. And so, therefore, I want to. I don't want to hide anymore because I hid for a long time and I hid a lot of parts of my life. And so I want to be open and just be there for, for people who need that person to look up to. You know, it's weird saying that. But, you know, just to be that person that, hey, hey you know, I'm, I'm trans. This is who I am. And I'm just happy to share my story. And I just think... In, in this world because there's still a lot of hate towards the trans community and that we should just love each other that's that's simple like why, why if it should all just be about love and acceptance and um everybody's on a different journey and everybody has lots of different things that they're dealing with so just to be just to you know accept everyone and not spread so much hate and just um yeah accept everyone and that kind of stuff that, that's that's what i want to finish on you know just just love everyone it doesn't matter who you are 
um, be you. And if you are trans, there is people out there um, who are willing to listen. Uh, one of them is me. There's lots of different trans guys on the social media who are willing to um, listen and their DMs are always open. And um, yeah, if you need someone to talk to, we're, we're around. So don't feel scared like I did to reach out to some trans guy on um, Instagram or social media, TikTok. We're here um, as part of the community to help help the younger community basically i feel like you know when you're that like um that little that, that that when you see a little young trans guy you want to take them under the wing and say look i'm here for you i can do what you know whatever you need like i'll help you out and 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 that's what i want to say you know we're here we're here to help the younger community into a, a different era and hopefully a more accepting era um can you let us know where they can reach out like what's your social media accounts yeah. and give you music a plug and stuff like that plug anything you want yeah, so, right now um my Spotify, you can find me, um, archer.fan. I'll hopefully have an EP out by next year. That's my plan. At the moment, I'm just focusing on some covers. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at archer.fan, so P-H-A-N, because that's the Vietnamese part from my dad. Thank you. Archer.fan on Instagram. And I think I, what is my, I think I'm like awkward archer on um, TikTok as well. So yep. something like that. I'm like, yeah. Also, that's, <laughs> that, that's where, you, where you can find me. Feel free to send me messages, um, DMs. I can't always ask, um, reply back as quick as I, I like quick as I want to because being a teacher and you know reports, marking, all the other stuff that comes with it. But um, if you need someone to talk to, my DMs are always open for a chat. Awesome stuff. Well, I just want to say a big thanks for coming on the show. Did you enjoy yourself? You. I did. I know. Thank you for for wanting to uh, share the story and having me on. Oh, you're welcome. All right, cool. Might wrap it up there. Well, yeah. I'd like to say thanks again for coming on the show and I'd like to thank you, the listener, for listening. Please tell a friend about the podcast and have a fantastic day. All right, bye. Bye.